This podcast is brought to you by Pastor Stormy Swan and Faith Church from Lubbock, Texas. For more information, please visit our website at faithchurchlubbock.com. see you again. Honored, honored, honored to worship with you. I welcome all of you here. If you're a guest, we, we love for you to be here. And I say that sincerely, if you're watching by live stream tonight, we're glad you're here too. If you need a Bible, why don't you get your hand up? Once you get your hand up, go to with me the book of Luke, chapter number six. And as you're turning to Luke six, again tonight, right after the service, the faith closet's open, and you're welcome to be sure and get your kids and then go up there. They, they, they do such a tremendous job getting all that ready. And also there is, there is some things of food up there. I, I wish I could tell you what all that is, but if you are in need of food, we wanna help you. And so you can take part of that. Sunday the 20th is partnership at 11. Uh, baptisms the 27th. And then the Mexico mission trips coming up. You can get info out here. And I, I got to remind all the men, that men's bathroom there is no longer in order, okay? And so our men's bathroom is not that big tree out there, okay? It is up, it's up these. The world is a man's bathroom. I get it, okay? So. Yes, there's a few. So just go out these doors and they'll assist you getting there. All right, we're going to start here in in Luke 6, uh, verse 37. And this is pertaining to our tithes and offerings. Again, if you need a Bible, get your hand up real high. Uh, Verse 37. Judge not and you shall not be judged. Condemn not and you shall not be condemned. Forgive and you will be forgiven. Now, Jesus here, I I believe he's describing judging, condemning, and also withholding forgiveness. These are prerogatives that they belong to God. But it's interesting, he said, forgive and you'll be forgiven. So he challenges us in this area. And then the very next verse, verse 38, he says, give and it. What you give will be given to you, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Now, when you read that, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, one of the best illustrations I can give that to you is if you bought a brand new box of just, say, Raisin Bran, and you open it up, and you look in there, and you think, I got ripped off. That box only looks like it's halfway full. That's what happens when it's good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. But let me tell you this about God. When when God shakes it like that, and it gets good measure, pressed down, shaken together, then you know what God does? He tops it off. He said, "And, and running over. Now, if you'll note, this is Jesus' words, and he said, listen, For with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. This begin in Genesis 1. This is what we call the universal law of of sowing and reaping. You give and God will give in return. So when you plant a seed, the ground yields a harvest. But the ground can only give to you as you give to the ground. So if... I said, you know what, I'm, I'm going to go out and hopefully get some tomatoes this year. And you said, you plant some tomato seeds? And I said, no, but I'm still going to try to get some. You'd think, man, lock him up. 
Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. So, back in December, um, I, I like to run. I don't call it running. My arms move. I just don't go real fast anymore. But I started having some issues with my feet. And my daughter was a runner. And she said, Dad, when's the last time you bought any new running shoes? Well, we started calculating back quite a ways. And it was years in the making. They were so bad that I could see my socks. And she said, we got to get you some new running shoes. That's your problem. So for Christmas, my wife and my kids got me a gift card to Foot Tech to get me some running shoes. So I go in there and I tell the guy, with what they gave me for Christmas, my goal is two pair, not one, two. And he looked at me and said, it's going to be tough. So I find a pair that I liked and I said, yeah, I want that pair. Well, it, it was just a little over half. So I said to him, I said, let me look a little bit longer here. So he came and said, did I tell you back in that back room? He said, there's a clearance room. I said, no, you didn't tell me that. So I walked back there, man, I started looking at things. There was a few in there that I liked. And he came back a little bit later and said, hey, did I tell you everything on that wall is crazy marked down? I said, no, you didn't tell me that either. <laughs> so I get over there and this crazy marked down wall there's three pair that are my size. So, man, I started putting them on, and my goodness, they all felt good. And I thought, golly, I, you know, I, I may look like an Olympic hopeful. I know I can't run like that, but I can sure look that way. So he comes back in. He said, you find you a pair? And I said, no, I didn't find me a pair. I said, I found me three pair. And he looked at me and goes, you're going to buy all three of those pair? And I said, yeah, I'm going to buy four pair today. And he said, you need four pair? And I said, I don't need four pair, but I'm buying four pair. So I get home and I'm so proud of myself. I take a picture of all my new shoes. I send them to my kids and everything. Well, what's your point in that? Well, God's blessed me, good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over. But in Genesis 12, the Lord said, I've blessed you to be a blessing. So I bought those with the thought, I'm going to sow some seed. So I would get around people and I'd listen if they were needing shoes. And I'd really listen at shoe sizes. So I'm around this guy and he, he wears the same size as me. So I know I'm going to see him last week. So I said to Shelly, I said, I don't know which one of those to give him. And she said, well, just take them all and let him pick. And I thought, well, who knows? We might just give them all away. So I take him out there and I show him all to him. And he looked at me kind of like, why are you doing that? I wanted to say, because I can. I can do this because God's blessed me. So I give those to him. And the reason I have is not to brag on me. and to, I'm telling you, he said give and it. What you give will be measured back to you. Give. And so all this he's talking about is seed time and harvest. You, you, you give forgiveness, you'll get forgiveness. You give finances, you'll get finances. You give shoes, get ready, you're going to get more shoes. This is what God said. 
And so I, I pray you get a hold of this tonight. Let, let this get on the inside of you. And some of you say, I can't believe how long you take for tithes and offerings sometimes. Well, I, I love to do that. You know, I'm going to brag on somebody. We'll just go there a little more tonight. Years ago, there was a young guy in our youth group, and he came to me and Shelly, and he had worked all summer. All summer. Saved his money to buy him a car. And at the end of the summer, he came to me and said, Pastor, I think I'm supposed to give all my, my earnings for the entire summer to this person in the church. And I said to him, I said, are you sure? And he said, yeah. And I said, you probably ought to talk to your grandparents about that. So this guy's in high school. He cleans his bank account out and gives. Cameron, stand up. I'm going to brag on you. You're not bragging on That's the guy right there. That's the one who did. That's him. <laughs> Jose, go ahead and stand up. Go ahead and stand up. Jose was the recipient. Two, two guys that have become heroes in my life. And so, man, it was a joy to me. I looked and thought, man, this, this guy, he's giving, he's giving. I could keep telling stories on him, but it wasn't long after that he was given a Mustang. <laughs> I thought, that's the goodness of God. And so I, I love when people get a hold of the word of God. Let's pray. Father, we love you. We thank you for just your word in this area. And Lord, we ask right now that you would deposit within our hearts your heart, that of a giver. For God so loved the world that he gave. And Lord, let, let your DNA of giving come alive in us tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, amen. Well, turn to the book of Ecclesiastes chapter 3. Ecclesiastes chapter 3. That is uh, Psalms and the Proverbs. And then you'll come into Ecclesiastes. Uh, the word Ecclesiastes has the meaning of the assembly. You're going to Ecclesiastes 3. The author of Ecclesiastes was Solomon. Just incredible, incredible book. And so as you go into Ecclesiastes 3, um, it starts out and, and Solomon talks about 28 seasons or 28 cycles of life. And years back, I would read those 28 cycles and I'd think, that, that can't happen. That can't happen in your lifestyle, in your lifetime. It's happening. I mean, I'm beginning to see these cycles and he starts out, there's a time to be born and a time to die. So he gives all these cycles of life and right after that, this is where we're gonna begin. Ecclesiastes 3, verse nine. And Solomon says, what profit has the worker from that in which he labors? What, what do I really get out of my labor, my hard work? Verse 10. I have seen the God-given task with the sons of men are to be occupied. And, and when he says this, the, the fruits of our labor give us a sense of purpose. That, that's the, the blessing that God puts upon us right here. And, and, and it's a gift from God. 
how we labor. And so, you know, sometimes I get around people that are, that are just incredible. I remember there was a guy in the church, and he's gone home to be, uh, gone home to be with Jesus. And he, he could do a beat of cock. And I mean, he would just do it perfect. And I would look at him, and I said, and he said, no, 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 don't use your finger. And his beat of cock was just perfect. And I said, the only way I can use my fingers, and he said, no, no, no. And I would watch him do that. I mean, his bead would just be everything he would do like that. And I realized, God has gifted him in his hands. These, these give us purpose. Our talents and our abilities is what he's talking about. Verse 11, God has made everything beautiful in its time. God has done that. Also, he has put eternity in their hearts. Now, when I read this, if, if you notice what he said, God has, has put eternity in every human heart. You know what that tells me within every one of us? That's God's DNA and within every one of us. That there's something that he puts in there that we know there's eternity. And he goes on to say, except that no one can find out the work that God does from the beginning and the end. He gives us glimpses of things. But he's also saying too, only God can satisfy us. Verse 12, I know that nothing is better for me or better for them than to rejoice and to do good in their lives. Now, you know what God just said there? He wants you to be happy and he wants you to enjoy life. But when he says this, we must pursue it God's way. There's a wrong way, and that's doing it like the world says. But, but God says, you know what? I, I want you to be happy. I want you to enjoy life. But again, I must do it God's way. And he says in verse 13, and also that every man should eat and drink and enjoy the good of all his labor. It is the gift of God. So you know what God wants us to do with all that? He wants us to say thank you. Thank you, Father God. Thank you, Lord, I get to enjoy life. I get to enjoy all the things you've blessed me with. And, and this is God's heart for, for every one of us here. I want you to turn just a couple pages with me to Ecclesiastes chapter 5. Verse 10, he who loves silver will not be satisfied with silver. Maybe we could say, he who loves money will not be satisfied with money. Now, when I read this right here, I ask you to fill in the blank because every one of us at times in our life, 
We, we have the thought that maybe money would make me happy. But you know what I found out about money? You never have enough. There you go. <laughs> and another thing I found out about money, money doesn't really satisfy because you see people that die all the time that have a lot of money. So he goes on to say, nor he who loves abundance with increase. So again, he, he's telling us here, again, even though you have abundance, even though you keep getting more and more, it's not going to satisfy. This is also vanity. Useless. Now this is a warning to us. He goes on to say in verse 11, when goods increase, they increase who eat them. The more you have, the more you spend. The more you have, everybody else will want a slice of it. So what profit have the owners except to see them with their eyes? Verse 12. The sleep of a laboring man is sweet. Now, if you are a laboring human being, if you go to work, that is a promise to you right there. That's a good one to stand on as Ecclesiastes 5.12. He said the laboring man, his sleep is sweet. What an incredible promise right here. Keep reading. Whether he eats little or much, the message says whether he eats beans or steak, but the abundance of the rich will not permit him to sleep. Woo! You'll never find the true happiness that, that you think money promises is what he's talking about. When I obsessively seek money, I don't sleep well. So off of this right here, if I had time, I'd take you to Matthew 6, verse 24. The Lord Jesus said, you, you can't serve God and you can't serve mammon. Mammon was riches. Mammon was money. And he went on to say, you'll love one and you'll hate the other. And I believe to a degree, this is what he begins to talk to. So we have the thought of times, man, I, I would be incredibly happy if I just had all this money. But with what he says that, that God's not against me having money, he's just against when money starts having me. And money starts telling me this is what you're going to do and this is what you're going to do. And he said there, it'll keep you up at night. Verse 13. There is severe evil which I have seen under the sun. Riches kept for their owner to his own hurt or to his own harm. One translation says to his own pain. What did he say? Riches kept for their owner is to his own hurt. So when I, I, I hoard and make sure everything's mine, 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 it's to my own hurt, it's to my own harm. Here's a little nugget for you on that. I've never seen a hearse pulling a U-Haul. 
You know what that means? Let me help you. You're not going to take it with you, okay? So he gets over on some things here. Turn with me to the book of Isaiah, chapter 66. Back to your right, Isaiah 66. Interesting stuff in there that he talks about. So again, God's not against me having things. Except when I start living for things. Remember the old bumper sticker? I owe, I owe, so off to work I go. Remember the old saying? I was trying to keep up with the Joneses. If your last name's Jones, I'm not going after you, okay? But the Joneses are all broke. Not, not if you're naming Jones, I'm not speaking that over, okay? Isaiah 66, verse 1. Thus says the Lord, heaven is my throne and the earth is my footstool. Where, where is the house or what is the house that you will build me? Now the Lord's saying, would you build me a house? Would, would you build me a temple? And where is the place of my rest? Where, where can I get a refreshing? Now, now this is what God's writing to us. Verse 2. For all those things my hand has made. God's made it all. And all those exist, says the Lord. I put them all here. Now, watch real close here. But on this one will I look. So off of this one I will look. God God is on a search. God, God is on a lookout. Now, what is God on a lookout or a search for? On him who is poor, and that word poor literally means on him who is humble and of a contrite or a broken spirit. So God is looking for people that are hungry. He's looking for people that are broken before him. And and look at the reason this is why he looks for them. Ones who tremble at my word. Those who, who reverently respond to my word. And so when you look what he's talking about here, God's looking for people. He's not looking for a building. He's looking for people that will give him his heart to say, I'm yours, Father God. I I surrender to you. Verse 3. Now, I'm going to read these real quickly because to me these are just acts of worship and I'm going to explain what he's talking about. He who kills a bull if he slays a man. He who sacrifices a lamb if he breaks a dog's neck. He who offers a grain offering as if he offers swine's blood. He who burns incense if he blesses an idol. Now, the reason I, I run past those so fast that many translations say these are just acts of a hypocrite. This, this is just going through the motion. But look what he says here. Just as they have chosen their own ways 
and their soul delights in their abomination, their detestable sins, so will I choose their delusions. And I will bring their fears on them because when I called, no one answered. When I spoke, they did not hear. They wouldn't listen or obey, but they chose to do evil before my eyes and they chose in that which I did not delight. So you know what he's talking about? We can become really religious. We can act like we're really giving him our, our worship and our, our, our lives and stuff. But I don't want to be a religious. I don't want to be a show to God. I, I want to give God my heart. I want to give God everything within me. And, and I believe this is exactly what he begins to talk about because the message says, your acts of worship are nothing but sin. So everything we've talked about here goes back, man, where's my heart's at? Do you know the Bible says where your treasure is, that's where your heart will be? See, a lot of times we misquote that. We say where our heart is, that's where our treasure will be. Now, if you look at it, he says where your treasure is, that's where your heart will be. So guess what? If you want to locate where your heart's at, just look where your treasure's at. And when we look at all this that he's talking about, God, God doesn't need my money. He doesn't need your money. Heaven's not in, in, in debt 30 trillion like America is right now. The angels, their, their robes aren't torn. The, the light bill is being, it's being paid in heaven, okay? God's not laid on it. So when you look at everything, God looking, whether it's my money, whether it's my worship, God says, I just want your heart. I just want you to obey me. Turn to Romans chapter one. Romans chapter one. So as you turn to Romans one, off of this, this is what I get through everything we've just talked about. Are you just going through the motions? See, it's easy to get caught in that trap where I, I get around other believers and I know how to talk in Christianese. Oh, glory. Praise the Lord. In Jesus' name. I have 28, 28 different versions of the Bible. I have a bumper sticker that said I'm a member of the God Squad. <laughs> I wear a cross around my neck. But none of that really shows my heart. And that's what God said. I want your heart. I want every bit of it. Romans 1. I'm not going to get very far. Verse 18. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven. It's something that we don't talk about a lot, the wrath of God. The wrath of God is revealed from heaven. What's the wrath of God against? Now look what he says here. 
It's against all ungodliness, sin and wickedness, and the unrighteous of men who suppress the truth in unrighteousness, who who hold down the truth in righteousness. Why would we hold down the truth? Rather than bringing him honor, sin dishonors God. And when we suppress the truth, it's because we hold false views of God or even the teaching of the Bible because people know that when the truth of God is spoken, it would require us to repent. So we suppress the truth. We keep it down. Verse 19. Because what may be known of God is manifest or evidence in them, for God has shown it to them. God has revealed it to them. He's made it obvious to them. Verse 20, for since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen. Every person sees or has abundant evidence of God's existence and and God's power. Remember what we read in Ecclesiastes? He's put eternity in every one of our hearts. There's something within the human heart that knows there's a God. For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by these things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that we are without excuse. I can't try to rationalize or justify. He said we are without excuse. So the day will come when a lot of people will say, but, but, but God, but God. If I would have only known, if if and buts were candy and nuts, what a Merry Christmas we'd have. And so it's interesting, he said, so that they are without excuse. So something has to happen in my heart that I begin to yield to God. I said, Lord, I I need a touch of heaven here, Lord. Ooh, quickly, verse 21. Now listen, because although they knew God, they didn't glorify him as God. But what, what does that mean? Throughout human history, God's fingerprints are upon mankind, but they, they knew God. They knew about God, but watch this. But they didn't glorify him as God, nor were they thankful. Oh, Father God, I love you. I'm grateful. And I'll end with this last thought here real quick. And they became futile in their thoughts. That word futile there means to make empty, vain, foolish, useless, confused, perverted logic. It also means an adulterous presumption of those who do not honor God or show him any gratitude. 
So off this, have I become godless in my thinking? Do I live with vain imagination, foolish reasoning? Do I live with stupid speculation, senseless mind? And, and watch here, the end result is this. Their hearts became darkened. I believe when the Apostle Paul wrote all of Romans 1, this was a strong warning to us to say, listen, hang on to God. Give God your heart and live each day with gratitude. Thank you. So stand up real quick. Stand up. Oh, my goodness. It took too long in the tithes and offerings. I didn't. God knew what he was doing. Way well, look at it. Between now and next year at this time, I've still got 52 more Wednesday nights. We'll get there. Well, I should have bowed your head right there. Father God, we glorify you. We glorify you. There is no other God but you. We're honored to call you Heavenly Father. We're honored to call you Yahweh. We're honored to call you the great Jehovah. And, and Father God, as we stand before you tonight, Lord, let, let us be grateful. Let us be thankful, people. And, and so right there where you're at, I, I, I encourage you, tell God, you're thankful. And some of you may say, oh, I'm not thankful. Yeah, you are. You're still alive. Amen. I, I thank you for another day of life. I thank you, Father God. I'm not in the hospital. I'm not in jail. Thank you. Your mercies are new today. Father God, thank you. Your grace is still sufficient. Thank you, Father God, that your love toward me is still unconditional. Thank you, Father God, that you forgive me from all my stupidity. Thank you, Father God. Thank you for blessing me. Thank you that I have a home to go to. I have a vehicle to drive. Thank you I have food. Thank you I have my shoes on tonight. Thank See, over, man, we got a lot to be grateful for. And that's all God wants us to do. Thank you. Thank you. See, I don't, I don't want to get in the trap where, and if your name's Jimmy, this isn't at you, Okay. My name's Jimmy, and give me, give me, give me all you have. Give me, give me, give me, give me. My name's Jimmy. Give me, give me, give me. And I want to be thankful. Amen. Father God, we love you. We honor you tonight as we dismiss. Bless here. Bless the rest this week. Gracious Lord, where that eternity that's in our heart comes alive. That eternity that's in our children's heart comes alive. Your DNA comes alive. And Lord, grace us today to be people that are so appreciative. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. Thank you once again for joining us on this podcast. To check out more services from Faith Church, you can find our live broadcast on YouTube or check out our website at faithchurchlubbock.com for more information on upcoming events, how to give, and how you can get involved.